This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Muck Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery, just like Leicester City this season. So the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Till I Die TV. Watch and subscribe on YouTube and listen on your podcast platform. Hi everybody, Jerry Taggart here. Now be sure to watch Chris and Lester Till I Die TV by subscribing on YouTube and following them on social media for all the latest Leicester City news and information. Come on you foxes! Strap yourself in because we're set up, switched on and ready to go. fellow fox fans how are we doing it's me again yeah change the outfit you gotta do it. it looks professional doesn't it get the england kit on might have a little game this sunday are we excited it's the euros 2020 with chris and lester till i die tv
It is indeed a final. We are in the final. And I'm going to be joined by uh, some people. And at least two of my guests are happy. The third one, yeah, I'm not so sure about. But <laughs> he's coming in anyway. The one we're having the problems with is the Leicester fan. So uh, let's bring him in. Say good evening to you there, Craig. Looking very splendid with the... Uh, with the lights behind you, and we 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 lost you for a minute there. Yeah, my uh, my webcam decided that I was uh, was not looking at my best, so decided to stop. Allowed me to get into hair and makeup for thirty seconds and come back. Another problem. It's, it's not just you. Uh, the, the, the Scottish fan is having a few Wi-Fi problems as well. It could have been yeah, the pre-show abuse you were giving him. It could have been. Oh, it could have been my singing of uh, "Football's Coming Home Again." That could have. have uh, that could have affected it. Hey, somebody who's going to give us a big a big song. I'm sure is Ankit. Good evening, Ankit. Give us a, give us a tune. <laughs> no, you're not getting that from me, Chris. But yes, <laughs> great to be here and great to be here along with Craig as well. And I'm looking forward to the chat because, like everyone says, football is indeed coming home, and I indeed believe it. You know, you've got oh. to believe it this time. Ankit. You come. You do a great channel there. Give your channel a shout out. Thank you, mate. Yes, it's called RCB and Chelsea Fan TV. It's RCB. That's basically a cricket franchise. So I'm, I'm not sure if many would know, but yes, I am an RCB and that's how it's RCB and Chelsea Fan TV. So you'll get a lot of Chelsea content. But yes, I am covering the Euros as well. It is on YouTube. Everyone, please go smash the subscribe as well as you know follow me on Twitter. But Yes, you can follow me as Ankit Rana, that's my name, or RCP and Chelsea Fan Team. Thank you. Brilliant. And the link link to Ankit's channel is in the YouTube um, description below. Uh, I've got to be honest with you, though, Ankit, I was on your channel earlier and I couldn't find much about the uh, FA Cup final. <laughs> well, well, well. We, uh, let, let's do a historical FA Cup, you know, session as well, and that's when you'll really oh. know what we are. We can You're all up. we can all do historic, mate. Hey, and don't don't mention the Champions League. Don't You're only as good League. as your last FA Cup final. Exactly, yeah. Craig. Exactly. Okay. You know, uh, we are hoping. Hopefully, we'll come back. <coughs> Excuse me, Reese. He's going to give us his thoughts on the final from a Scottish fans' point of view. Um, He's having Wi-Fi problems at the moment, as, as Craig was a bit before. Like I said, that, that could have easily, easily been my singing. But uh, we'll see if we can get him back in later uh, and he can join us. But, guys, thanks for being here. So uh, this is Lester Till I Die TV. You can get us all over the place. We are over you like a rash because not only are we on YouTube, uh, which is Lester Till I Die TV, we're on Facebook, Lester Till I Die, the group. And if you live in the Twitter sphere, we are at Lester TID. And anybody who knows me will know that if you are on YouTube, press my buttons. I like my buttons to be pressed. Subscribe, notify, um, I keep expecting a ghost to, to pop up behind Craig. <laughs> like a setting from Friday the 13th, you know. Um, so we better make the most of Craig while we're here. I mean, Craig, it feels good, doesn't it? It does. And um, you, you know, Chris, that I wasn't, uh, I wasn't a great advocate for uh, Mr. Southgate. No, you weren't um, indeed. Yeah, I, I kind of lost respect for him as soon as he stopped wearing his waistcoat. You know, that was a that was his that was his thing, uh, and then he seemed to lose his way a little bit. But it's funny because I found myself talking about Gareth Southgate the same way that I talk about Brendan Rodgers, in that 
sometimes I have got no idea what he's thinking in terms of his team selection, in terms of his substitutions. But somehow he's got a fantastic team spirit and he's getting the results. And the parallels between my thoughts about him and Brendan are getting closer and closer by the day. It's true. And I'm sure, Anki, you do that. Well, you must have done it with Lampard and certainly with Tuchel. You sometimes look at the, the team selections and Craig's quite right. We do it all the time. We look at those team selections think, what the hell is that? And they get a win at the end of the day, and you're thinking, "Wow, he knows what he's doing." <laughs> yeah, you know what? Like, I would say, like, you know, of course, like we as fans have like a, a thought in mind, right? Nine times out of ten, it's it's basically the common thought that you know one has to attack, one has to defend. But when it comes to managers, I'm sure like they have a team and they'll have a lot of strategies in place. They'll have like X, Y, Z. If yes, then what if this then what right so they'll have backup strategies in place so uh, for the euros and you know tournaments like this it's no surprise that there is a tactic behind it i know that you know non-english fans will probably say that hey uh you know southgate just played pragmatic and that's how he got to the finals and now let's see what he does right and leave it to the players but you know there is a thought in place you know for sure because when mm -hmm. entire world says one thing and he was trying to do things totally different there's got to be some process. You can't argue, though, can you? And as I mean, I, I, I'd, I'd have his babies. I'm not going to lie. The guy is absolutely uh, unbelievable. And Reese has just raised his eyebrows. Good evening, Reese. Thanks for joining us. As happy uh, yeah. as I am, your first team is Scotland, your second team is Germany. You must be going out Sunday night. The way it's going, probably. Um... <laughs> Who knows are you surprised though? Oh, first of all, Reese. Sorry, I didn't say this is coming in late. Um, you don't have your own channel, but you you're on Twitch and Twitter, aren't you? Give a shout out um, to those. Yes, yeah, so it's a Twitch. It's Reese underscore Lightning nineteen ninety seven, and you can find me on uh, following YouTube channels. You can find me on the Dugout Football Channel, uh, where I'm exclusive on a Monday night. You can find me on the weekly weekly armchair sports talk now as it's been rebranded. Um, <laughs> I'm hosting two pods now, and my first pod is next week Ooh. actually. So. Good luck with that, mate. Good luck. Our first host is next week, so I'm both bricking it, yeah. it and buzzing look, for just, it. I mean, you can't be worse than me. Just look, you know, look at what I do. Do completely the opposite and you'll we'll be brilliant, out. mate. <laughs> we'll find out next week, eh? <laughs> But, yeah, so are you, are you going out Sunday night or are you actually going to watch it? I've watched every game so far, so it's not going to... Yeah. It's not going to stop me. I'm a football fan. I'm thinking, frankly, at the end of the day, if football's on... Unless it's Liverpool or Leeds, don't find an opportunity <laughs> not to watch it. So I'll be watching it. Yeah. So you're a football fan apart from Liverpool and Leeds. That's what you're saying, isn't it? Pretty much. Pretty much. Pretty much. And, and there's, a, there's a team up here. There's a team up here as well that I'm not going to mention, but it could kickstart a problem in your in your live chat. So I'm not gonna. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm not gonna. You could probably guess though, but I'm, I'm not going to do it. And it. No, no, no. We'll, we'll we'll move we'll move quickly on. But are you surprised, and I don't mean, you know, as a Scots fan, and you see, you know, we, we did, our worst game was, in fairness, against yourselves. I, you know, sure. we were mm -hmm. we were lucky to, um, all the banter aside, we were lucky, I think, to come out with a nil-nil there. You were obviously very happy with it. Um, were you surprised, having seen us in that game, that we've actually got on all the way to the final? Yes and no. Um, and I say that truthfully because, like, obviously, in that game, you were... You weren't particularly impressive to watch. Um, mm. And obviously, I'm not going to chuck banter aside. I'm just going to I'm just going to put it straight down the middle in terms of like 
in terms of that game, there wasn't anything convincing in that game. You had one or two chances and they were from your centre-back. There was nothing from the forward players that convinced me that you were going to score. And it was the same for us. Like From our, our perspective, we had chances. We didn't take them. Like The, the obvious yeah. one... The obvious one was it was from the right hand side. O'Donnell in the box, Pickford got down quick enough, like reflexes, like even though he's, even though he's shit for Everton. Apologies for the language, yeah. but I've got to. He was he shite for Everton, but for England he turns up, and his reflexes yeah. are the reason you didn't lose a single game in the group stage. So I think you've got to hold it there. But other yeah. than that, nothing else convincing. But in terms of that, people moan about pragmatism. I'm the same. Like I have a bit of a. A night where we're pragmatic. I prefer exciting football, and you you want to win playing exciting football. But sometimes, if you really want to progress, you've got to do the hard grunt, dirty work. And if yeah. it means being pragmatic, then by all means, be pragmatic and yeah. grow into the tournament. And that's what you've done, really. Yeah, we have, and you've got to agree, Craig. I mean, it, that was our worst performance, wasn't it? it? It was, and and that was probably the the zenith of me uh, wanting Gareth out. Um, <laughs> I didn't go as far as as, as making flags um, or t shirts, but <laughs> you know, based on that, you, you're quite right. We we didn't look like we showed anything that would get us, you know, out of the group. To be honest, you know, mm-hmm. let alone where we are now. But I think. You know, we talked earlier and Anki mentioned it about there's a plan in place. And I think they've looked at previous ones where Portugal have won it, Greece have won it, and they haven't let goals in. You know, I think Greece won it, winning 1-0 virtually all the way to the final. And I think that seems to be his plan. Stay in a game until around 65, 70 70 minutes and then use the bench and then try try and win a game. And I think he's decided if you don't concede goals you've got a chance of going all the way. And so it's proved. Yeah, mm. I mean, Ankit, everybody shouts out for Grealish to start. For me, I like him as a super sub. As Craig said then, bring him on in 70, 75 minutes when the opposition defence is knackered. But were you surprised to see him? Because I don't think it was an injury that he was brought on and then taken off. Yeah, was, that just, was that just Gareth's amazingly um, <laughs> amazing tactics? Yeah, you have to give give him that because definitely if that would have been backfired, we would have blamed Gareth for sure, right? And then so if he gets that right, and uh, as much as I don't like Kieran Trippier playing on the wing, like personally speaking, I obviously prefer like an, a much more attacking formation, attacking football, like you would like to see, like you know, uh, reset as well. But yeah. Grealish turning into Henrik Larsen, what he was for Man United, I don't know, like. That is, I believe, a little bit, you know, uh, you know, I, I would say it's a little bit. Comparison. Yeah, I mean, for sure. Because you mentioned I the one player we... that gave me nightmares for most of my early years growing up as a football fan <laughs> in Scotland. There's a hint for the team I didn't want to mention earlier, but <laughs> now, now you now you compare them like from the Manchester days. Geez, are you are you trying to are you trying to scare me as well? Because Henrik Larson was an absolute machine. No, but that's the thing, right? Super sub, like, you know, the way Grealish is coming on is like, okay, he can do much more. So what he does in 30 minutes is fantastic, but he can give you even much more, right? So I would actually start Grealish, but I think uh, uh, I can understand from where Gareth is coming because I think Saka has been brilliant. I think Saka has been probably the player of the tournament come the knockouts, and that's where probably he wants that left-footed attacking, you know, winger on the right-hand side. And Grealish is not able to displace Sterling because Sterling is probably the player of the tournament if he scores again in the final. I mm. must admit, I, I am extremely 
fat at the moment on eating humble pie because I did nothing but complain <laughs> say how how awful Sterling was, and he's just come good. Um, but I mean, Reese, there's some players that people have been screaming out for, like the Jordan Sancho's uh, and the Bellingham, but he hasn't needed to play him, has he? Uh, is there a necessity? Is there a necessity to play exactly? Them? Like, yeah. In all in all fairness, obviously as a Man United fan, obviously I want I want the United players to do well, but mm. there, there's a degree of how far I really want the Man United players to do well in this tournament <laughs> from one side. But in all respect, you want your best players to be playing just to see what they can do, and yes, to a degree as well. Like there's a level of maybe there's a level of bias, maybe there's a level of favoritism as it's pointed out to a few managers that have got their favorites they want to stick with them but to be fair he's already made choices throughout this tournament it makes you wonder is gareth southgate actually been a favorite a favorite type manager i don't think so i think he's actually utilizing his squad the right way yeah and 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 to a degree if people are moaning about favoritism then you really need to get your head out the sand because frankly Sometimes a manager is going to use their favourites and there's a good reason for it. It's because they trust them. I mean, Greg, it's a good point. I mean, I, I, I hate to say that Sancho only got on the pitch once he's actually signed for Man United. Far, you know, far away from yeah. me to sort of say there's Coinc- any Coincidence, eh? Coincidence. Like, he wasn't, he, wasn't pl- he wasn't playing him because he was playing in the German League, but as soon as he joined Man United, he's like, mm. oh, so you're the Jaden Sancho I've been hearing about, right? Okay, yes, yes. Yeah, totally. Team. Yeah, total, but, total agenda. But I know, I know, Greg. That a lot of people are. Well, when when we first got Southgate and he didn't want the job, when he came in and he said, "I'm going to pick players that are on form, and I'm going to, you know, I don't care who they play for." And um, he very much did stuck. I mean, Kane, you could say, wasn't on form, but he stuck with him. Not unlike uh, Venable sticking with um, Sheringham before Euro '96. We know that you know how good Sheringham became in that tournament, but. He has. I mean, would Phillips from Leeds have got in under another manager? Well, it's difficult to say because we'll never find out. I think Southgate showed tendencies to be a favouritist manager and it clearly seemed to be, I would say over the last couple of years, that he was ignoring players um, who seemed to be from a, shall we call, outside the big six. His tree, you know, he was, everybody said that he was fantastic with younger players, but some of his treatment of them was pretty poor. I think I remember when Harvey Barnes got in the squad, had one game, didn't get particularly a long time on the pitch, didn't even make the next squad. So, you know, I think he's grown in my estimation a little bit over this tournament because I think he's made some tough decisions, um, which he didn't look like he was a, a man who was capable of doing it. Yeah. You know, but he has made some, and I think the Grealish one was a perfect example of that. It would have been easy to leave Grealish on and, and shuffle things around, but he knew at the time there was a game to be won. So he yeah. put aside all the sentiment there and thought, right, what do I need to win this game and see this game out? And uh, and he made the the decisions to do it. As and you know, I'm not a big fan of I'm not a big fan of the the two holding midfielders, but he stuck with them. Hmm. Um, and and that's his game plan. And but he'll make changes when he needs to. And we all thought it was going to be Grealish. It was going to be Foden. Was going to be the star yeah. of this tournament. And uh, 
and he's found a formula that seems to work and he's happy to stick with those players because they're not I guess, not that, I guess when do sky blue doesn't work for everybody yeah. as, as you can though, tell with chris's attire <laughs> we do know though that it was a good decision that he, he made to, to bring Grealish on and take him off because jo Jose Mourinho didn't agree with it but uh, but Ankit do you not think that um, you know as England manager we're going to come on to the game in a second but as, as England manager you've got to have a formation that you're happy with and yeah, you can't just pick a player because they're good if they don't fit into that formation yeah, I think you said it right because I think it's clear to me that Southgate likes the two double pivot system. That's what you call it, right? Mm, so double yeah. pivot system works for him. Like even if he plays 3-4-3 or when he goes 4-2-3-1, he has those two. Like you mentioned the players there. Like Bellingham, when Southgate took over and especially during the qualifiers, Bellingham was still up and coming. He was, you know, really not there yet. Uh, I think last few months has really, you know, uh, he's grown big time, right? And Henderson, don't forget, like, he's been injured as well. So, in a way, I think Southgate, yes, he has his preferred formation, but the players that were picked, uh, like you mentioned, Phillips, for instance, right? As in, those were probably picked by default in the end uh, as holding midfielders. And, of course, like, he has lot of players, you know, in attacking, uh, you know, formation uh, that he plays, right, as in to play. So that's something that it's him that he picks either just two of them or three. Now that, say, for example, Mason Mount is back, right, after the break, short break that he had a couple of weeks earlier. So Southgate knows that, okay, if he's playing with a stronger midfield, that gives him a better chance to basically, you know, go at games on the wings and that's that's how his way of working out things is and that's the reason why the players are picked i don't think it's really players that are picked because of the potential it's basically the way southgate plays and then whoever's available for those for those formations is something that Southgate goes with i think uh, i think that's um uh, something that you've got to respect gareth for because we've had so many managers in the past who have tried to shoehorn in the so-called best players rather than play the best player in that position they've wanted yeah. to get the best player so we've had yeah. skulls playing left wing and you know he, he could never decide you know managers never decide between gerald and lampard and but they'd persist with it and they just want the best players on the pitch regardless of where they played and at least gareth has decided it's the formation that counts and i'll pick players that can play it yeah. do you think that's fan pressure though reese that you know we want this player in this play why isn't this player playing why isn't this player you know but has sort of because gareth's got us to third you know in 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 the world in the last world cup um or fourth sorry fourth place third in the nation league he's got a bit of leeway to say look let me do it my way let me pick my players yeah there's a there's always going to be a degree of fan pressure but i don't think he's actually <laughs> I don't think he's actually listening and i think that's actually i think that's actually a good thing because if you listen to your fans and there's a fair amount of fans obviously across the world for one for it doesn't matter like who you are whether it's club football or international football if you yeah. consistently listen to your fans the fair enough fans are the the heartbeat of everything but not every fan is right and obviously there's a different Just opinion the well. ones, eh, Craig? <laughs> even then i'm not sure we're not even going to go there. <laughs> but there's a level. There's a there's a, there's a level of degree to it as well. Like in terms of if you want to build the best team, you've got to 
Mm. You, you can't just have you can't just show in your best players. I agree with Craig that you have to have the best player for that position. And frankly, yeah. England played their best midfielder out of the three of them on the left wing. Like we all know the real we all know that Scholes is better than Lampard and Gerrard. It's not even a debate, it's just it's done. It's Scholes is better than two of them combined. But no bias even, there. <laughs> no it's just complete truth. But <laughs> even so, like you look at this team now, and to be fair, you don't really need to have the best players in that position. You can have you can have a couple of players that aren't technically great, but do the grunt work, and you let the technical players just control the game, and that's yes. sort of what he's got. And there's some teams that really need that going forward. So if anything, you don't always have to listen to the fans; just stick to your gun. Craig, though, do you listen to the players? I mean, one of you know, Bobby Robson is always held up as one of the best England managers. You know, he got us to our last semi-final in the World Cup in uh, 1990 and we came fourth place. Funnily enough, losing out to Italy in the uh, in, in the third, fourth place playoff thanks to a certain Peter Shilton in goal. Uh, but the rumours were in that tournament, because as always with England, we, uh, we started off slowly and the rumours were that the actual players went to see him and said, look, we're not happy with this. And he listened and he made changes. And, of course, we then went on the great run and got, got through to the semi-final. So how true that is, Craig, I don't know. You, you, you're, you're, old, you're almost my age, so you might, you might have heard of that. Yeah, but I think, I think there's a balance to be struck. You know, you can't um, just go that I'm going to be bullheaded and not listen to any advice that I'm being given. The senior players are senior players. You know, and I'm sure the same happens in every club. A manager has a core group of three or four senior players that they will turn to and they will talk to and get a feeling for how other players feel about them and whether they think they're getting the best out of them. So I think he's probably finding the balance. You can't be England manager and listen to fans. I mean, that's uh, that's just crazy talk, to be honest, because mm. you'll have, you know what, 80 million different opinions to try and listen yeah. to. I think the balance is being honest with players. And I think that's how he's managed to find this camaraderie amongst them. As long as you're straight with players, you tell them why they're not playing or why they don't work for this particular game and they'll buy into it. And I think that's what's happened here. All the players have bought into this fact that we will only win it if we're a team. You can imagine... Grealish a couple of seasons ago getting pulled like that and he would be having a right sulk but he didn't he took it on the chin I'm sure he was hurting but he didn't yeah. throw his shirt away or anything he just got on with it you saw Yuri Tielemans looked uh, horrified when he got uh, he got hooked in the last yeah. Belgium game but Grealish just got on with it and I think they're all there for each other even those yeah. that are not making the bench I think we had a game where yeah. Um, Calvert Lewin didn't even make the twenty. Uh, didn't make the bench. He was uh, one of the three left out. He was on the pitch at the end of the game, being hugged by Gareth. He's got them all feeling part of it, and that's a big key to success. We've probably not actually had that sort of feeling around the camp since Bobby Robson. And you know, the point there was that Bobby Robson listened to the players. And that's probably why he got the respect and he got the best out of them because he was inclusive. Um, but just going to bring up my, my, my first my first Euro fact, Euro fact number one um, to bore people with. Uh, we've faced each other 27 times. Um, the Italians winning 11 to England's eight with eight draws. 
it's our it's our turn to get one back, isn't it, Ankit? Yeah, but you know what? <laughs> Important stat is what's the recent you know, history, right? And unfortunately, I think Italy beat England four times last four international you know tournaments that we played them, right? So I think yes, mm. it is time for us to you know break that record. And Italy have a great record. I think no one can deny that. They are probably right up there when it comes to form. Like you know, there's no two ways about it. And I think Craig earlier mentioned the reason why Italy, you know, may, you know, kind of go about winning these games is the way that England is playing this tournament. And the bad thing is, England, Italy are just getting to that form. I think the semis game you just saw that, right? As in the way they played against Spain was their old pragmatic stuff that they do. And that's something that England needs to be wary about. And I think on counter, probably Italy are as, if not, you know, more fears than England is. Reese, um, mm-hmm. looking at Italy. Uh, oh no, that's the wrong one. Um, I haven't got Italy's up. Oh, I'll bring that up in a minute. Let's have a look at England first. Then uh, talk, talk, talk us through England's England's journey there. <laughs> Very impressive. That's what I can say. Very impressive, and there's two there's two names that stand out. <laughs> <laughs> Hate you for this. <laughs> no, 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 no. In fairness, oh, in, in fairness, all fairness, in all fairness, it's a very impressive no, one. I, I didn't, I didn't think that with the fact that we played those two teams, we just happened to happen to play. <laughs> but, I, I mean, that you look at that, and it's you know the the six games played there. We've conceded one goal, and and Craig alluded it to to it earlier. You're not going to, you know, do badly if you're not conceding goals. Very true. Very very true. And yeah. if you aren't conceding goals, it gives you a a great deal of confidence. But the only thing is, every defence can get penetrated, and obviously that's what Denmark did. Like they did get they get they did get for your defence. Obviously, it's quite a questionable free kick, based on a lot of people's views. I don't particularly care. All I can say is after the goal was fantastic to watch and tiny dinosaur arms couldn't get anywhere near it. But <laughs> if, with all due respect, if these opportunities are presented to you, you've got to take them. And yeah, that's exactly what they did. Like They took that opportunity. But it's football. Like fo- Football works in mysterious ways and you've got a solid defence. But the question is... Can you hold out the hungry Italians? That's the real question. Well, we'll come on to the Italians in a second. But Craig, and I, I apologise to Therese for the fact that there was two teams in there. <laughs> and two it's results. All, the worst thing is, it's not that I just, it's not that I support. Like, it's not that I just support them. As I've got relatives, I've got relatives from these countries, so I have. <laughs> so I have got. I've got Italian and German relatives. I'm fucked either oh, way. No. Oh, I didn't know about the Italian connection. Well, I told you a while it, back. It's going to be. I know the German. Sorry, I didn't know the. I'd forgotten the Italian. Yeah, my great, um, my great, my great grandparents were Italian. So, well, we've got to do the triple over you then, haven't we? Really, that you might, you might not. <laughs> I tell you what, mate. If we do, you're going to get some banter now. Funny enough, no but, one's bantered me yet. That's the funny thing. No one's bantered me. I guess it's because they know I can take it, but I can dish yes, it good as well. Yeah, so and in fact, I, I, in I think that's why I'm not getting bantered, but I'm not bothered. I mean, yeah. it's just it's football. Well, unlike certain Welsh fans, you, you can you can take it. But uh, but yeah. Craig, I mean, no disrespect to and I mean this, uh Reece, no disrespect to any of the teams we've played. Uh, but you know, people people saying that we haven't sort of you know played any 
tough games, really. I mean, Germany weren't the Germany that we know that the Germans have been. You know, it, it's that that wasn't a Germany side you would expect to come up against. You know, we we haven't met a Spain, we haven't met a France, we uh, you know, an Italy yet, or things like that. But you can only play what's in front of you. And I said this at the World Cup when they said, "Oh well, you have you know an, an easy side," but it it's tournament football. <laughs> it is, and I think you know. I don't think Germany were that bad. I think they'd put in a couple of fantastic performances. Definitely not the Germany of old, but no. You know, if 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 Thomas Muller had uh, gone right instead of left, you know, one one, we could have been having a totally different story here. You know, yeah. it wasn't like we uh, we we kept them to no chances. We've we've just, I think he's found a way, and and it's not something I like, but I think Gareth looks at nullifying the opposition before trying to take advantage later in the game. That seems to be his starting point. How can we nullify them? And I think that's what he's managed to do with every team we've played so far. He did it against the Germans. I mean, Goosens had been having a fantastic uh, tournament up to that point. Hardly saw him in that game. True. So that's what that's what he looks to do. Can we take out their players? Almost to a point where the opposition manager has no choice but to substitute them because they're being totally nullified. And that's where he seems to be banking his tactics, as it were, and then going on late on to win the games. And I think it'll be exactly the same. It'll be interesting because if you look at um, statistically and tactically, both teams are stronger down the left-hand side. Um, so Shaw and Sterling and um, um, I can't, uh, Verratti and uh, is it Inzaghi? I'm not sure. Not Inzaghi. They're both the strongest spinners all as well and they've just lost yeah, Exactly. He was fantastic. Yeah. So th they're the strength. So it'll be interesting to see how that's played off and uh, I think he may, he may tweak it a little bit in terms of his personnel, in terms of how he, he nullifies that right-hand side. But I think that's um, uh, their left-hand side are right. But I think that's what he'll look to do. And also, if you look at the stats, the best player for playing forward passes into the, the final third has been Jorginho, surprisingly enough. His stats for, for passing and, and start in, starting <laughs> um, attacks has been fantastic, to be honest. So it wouldn't surprise me if you see when we're out of position, him asking Harry Kane to drop deep and try and almost pick up Jorginho and stop him having as much of the play, and then have yeah. Mount come in in front of him to try and nullify Jorginho as well. Well, let, let's hope so. Anki, I mean, this is what I wanted to bring up for East before, and I managed to get it up now. Um, he says, famous last words, here we go. Um, Italy's route to the final. Yeah, I think, I think Italy have been the team of the tournament, right? And there's no two ways about it. Uh, the game against Turkey, the first half was the only half probably where they did not really play football apart from the semis. Mm. Uh, for me, the way that they, you know, their midfield is, right? And then even their substitute midfielders are scoring goals for fun. Uh, even the game against Wales, like I think Craig mentioned there, like, you know, uh, nullifying teams. Like Wales were actually trying that with Italy and Italy were able to break that. And in a game which was not as important as for them compared to the Wales. So that tells you a lot. And in extra time, even they went against Austria 
they have been one team which has never given up and the team spirit is there for you to see right the game against belgium was a classical example where you had all the big guns playing for belgium uh, coming back i know hazard didn't kind of you know play because of the injury but apart from him i think all the players were there and italy you know from went from strength to strength they were playing attacking football at the time and just in time they are actually playing the way that they do best and as, as i said earlier pragmatic football in the semis and uh, funny enough uh, craig mentioned about the left side of italy yes pinazzola has been probably the best left back in the tournament uh, without a shadow of a doubt but yeah. mm-hmm. i think their weak link even being a chelsea fan i'm telling it emerson is their weak link there's no two ways about oh, he's it. crap they should have taken Luca Pellegrini, in my opinion. I watch a lot of Serie A, and I would have taken Pellegrini over over that Emerson clown any day. He, he doesn't know how to yes. play football. But, uh, Reese, the, the problem is that they don't attack as much on the right, right? So they need that left attacking threat, which sure. Emerson brings a lot of. Problem is, Emerson is not good, or good is probably a great word for himself. He cannot defend for fun, right? He cannot defend. He's great. He's probably more of a wing back than a left back, really, mm-hmm. but he plays left back. I don't know why. Yeah, as in, so that is something that probably England should target. And the only way that you can break Italy for me, seeing that pattern that you just showed, uh, Chris, is the way Saka against Emerson. That will be the battle, battle. And Italy have not lost because of their fullbacks being very strong. And that will probably be their Achilles heel this time. I'm yeah. surprised they don't tack a lot down the right-hand side because Florenzi has proven it. Like for Roma, he's proven it for PSG. And at times for Italy as well, prior to this tournament, he is a fantastic attacking fullback. And he's got the pace yeah. to deliver as well. Like he tore Man United apart on his own. Like I remember sure. him playing. I remember him playing the Champions League game when he had about twenty-five yards of space, and Alex Telles wouldn't even go near him. Mm-hmm. So that says all, really. Like a good attacking left back versus a very good attacking right back, and Telles didn't go near him once. He gets that sort of space against England. With all due respect, you're in trouble. The guy I've been really, really impressed with. Who, I, to be honest, I, I, I've not watched a lot of Italian football oh, um, last season. Has been Chiesa. I think once since he's uh, okay. since he's got in, you know, I think it was Berardi was in there first, who, who Leicester have been heavily linked with. But for me, Chiesa just looks uh, tremendous and, and very positive, always on the front foot. And I think he's a real threat. I hope you guys sign him personally. I'll say that, like from my fan towards Leicester fans, I honestly hope you sign a player like Berardi. I think he's a fantastic right winger. Who haven't we been linked with, though? That, that's the thing. <laughs> <laughs> um, and he, he, Daniel James is the latest one as well, but that, that's, that's for another show. That's for another show. Um, you're in fact means. number two. Uh, Italy failed to win any of the side's first eight meetings, uh, but as uh, Ankit alluded to earlier, England managed a solitary win in the last seven. So, you know, we, we need it to swing back our way. But I want to say to you, and um Reese, I say having the Italian blood in you. Um <laughs> we're gonna struggle when they when they turn around to the cheating, aren't we? I don't think you should talk to me about cheating, mate. I mean, as much as immobile cheated, what was Harry Kane doing <laughs> against Austria? I'm sorry, but he dived what five times? I mean, I know what immobile did and I know what immobile did, and believe me, I was not impressed, but Harry Kane was diving left, right, and centre, and both players are bad as each other. I think I think it just 
I, I think the, the, what Immobile did, I think, was just sort of a lot yeah. more obvious. I mean, yes, you know, I'm not going to say we was, know. We've we got Jamie Vardy. We know what sort of, you know, <laughs> diving for penalties is all about. No disrespect. But, well, that's running you know, Spurs mentality because um, they had Jurgen Klinsmann and he was doing it for them as well, remember? Oh, Jurgen Klinsmann. I mean, that was his goal celebration, wasn't it? Jurgen Klinsmann <laughs> was the inventor of the dive and now it's become... Like it's annoying, but the worst thing is, is like a forward when they do it. Like there's some forwards that don't intend to dive, but it just happens. Mm. And then there's some yeah. who do it because they know they know what a dive can do. Like taking a yeah. dive, you're effectively you're drawing a foul. You're either going to get a player sent off, or you're going to lead to a set piece situation where it's either going to be a free kick or it's going to be a penalty. There's players yeah. that do it and they get away with it. I mean, I'm come from experience on my United fan. I can name two players off the top of my head that have done diving. Ronaldo done it in his early years. He got beaten. He got beaten to death, pretty much in training by Ferdinand and Roy Keane. They kicked out of him. Ashley Young done it for years, and that was embarrassing. So yeah. I'm used to seeing. I'm used to seeing diving, and I absolutely hate it. I don't care who you play for. I, I hate it. It needs yeah. to get stamped out of the game. I don't care. Even if you ban them for ten games, you'll never see them dive again. Because imagine losing that amount of football. Yeah. Well, we, we touched on this with the ref VAR yesterday, didn't we, Craig? Yeah, we did. Yeah. <laughs> on that. We all hate diving. Um, yeah. I, I Craig, hate it. I, mean, I hate so much. Yeah. A lot of uh, people are sort of playing on the fact that, you know, this is a young England side, that they haven't got the experience of the tournaments, etc., etc. But you've got players in there that have played in Champions League finals, that have played in FA Cup finals, that are playing you know, top players week in, week out in the Premier League. That shouldn't be a problem, should it? Um, it shouldn't be. I think it's the old adage, isn't it? Play the game, not the occasion. Um, I don't think there's any way that the players are not going to know that this is going to be a big occasion. It may be different if it was away, but it's not. It's, it's at Wembley. Yeah. The crowd are going to let them know that this is something special. And I think they'll be singing it. Atomic Kitten before they come out. That's what they'll be doing. Well, let's hope not. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, the only thing worse than that is you singing it, Chris. So I think I think we saw it. Um, we saw it in the game uh, against Denmark. I mean, we looked very nervous early on. I mean, Jordan Pickford tried to give the ball away as many times as he could. I don't know if he'd had a bet on himself, um, but he seemed to. <laughs> Uh, and and you already could put that down allegedly, to it. Allegedly, this is in case my lawyers are watching. Yeah. Allegedly, <laughs> but that for me that that's nerves and. I know he probably won't, but for me, I would be making a change for this game. I would be bringing Henderson in, in place of one of the two midfielders, I think, because you need somebody vocal. You need a bit of experience, someone who's who's not afraid to get on the back of each other, of the mm -hmm. other players, and tell them to sort of focus. And I think we don't, apart from Maguire, I don't think we have any particularly vocal players in there. And Rice and Phillips... Are are for me, too young to feel like they can have a voice, almost. They haven't got that many caps, so they probably still feel like they're not, you know, they're not England players that have been there for 30, 40, 50 games. And therefore, I think they're a little bit meek in terms of having to pop at other players. So, for me, I would be making that change and putting Henderson in there just for some vocal. But we know Italy are masters of the dark arts. You're going to need somebody who can just pull people around and get them into the right positions. And, uh, and for me, I think Henderson would be a sensible change. I don't expect him to make it, but it would be a sensible change for me. 
I see where you're coming from. I mean, Anki, just playing on from that, yeah, it has been a long time of coming. This is only our second final. It's taken us 55 years to get there. 342, uh, sorry, 302 games, over 140,000 miles, and 17 managers. Um, it, it's it's it, it's been a long it's been a long journey, hasn't it? Oh yes, I mean, long journey is an understatement, Chris. That's forever. I think probably my dad wasn't born, you know, when England probably, you know, were kind of in that zone, right? But yeah, as in we, we speak about England underachieving over the years. The fact is, if you're speaking purely on the Euros, Italy haven't won many times either in recent years. I think it's been 53 no, years. No, that's a final at all. That's any sort of final. World yeah. Cup or, or Euros. Yeah. Italy haven't been a Euros final since in 21 years as well. Funny you should mention that. Um, <laughs> they actually were in the 2012. I forgot about that one. See, I choose to forget that. Yeah, one. you would choose to forget about that one, wouldn't you? <laughs> they lost to Spain 4 0 in Kiev. That was, that was obviously in Spain's, you know, when, when they had their. Uh, the golden yeah. team. Yeah. Um, I think yeah, about, like they... a proper even team though, like that team in two thousand against France. That's that was even. But yes. that Italy, that Italy versus Spain game, that wasn't even a game. That was an absolute massacre. <laughs> no, but I, I have I have a great uh, start for you guys there. Definitely England fans, especially. Uh, two thousand twelve, like That's again, no timing. no bias, but guys, two thousand twelve, Chelsea won the Champions League. Mm-hmm. And it, Italy lost the final when they were in Euros. 2021, <laughs> Chelsea won the Champions League again. And hopefully Italy loses the final again. Yeah, but what happened in that 2012 tournament, though? England lost on penalties to a certain Mr. Andrea Pirlo. You've also got another set-piece. I'm not comparing Jorginho to Pirlo, by the way, before anyone goes after a rocker <laughs> the next second. But they've got an equally good set-piece specialist in this team in Jorginho. Yeah, it could, yeah, it could, it could very well happen again. So, like... But you made a valid point, like twenty twelve, like they did lose, they did lose the Euros. Obviously, Chelsea won the Chelsea won the Champions League, but they failed to defend that title the following season. Correct me if I'm wrong. And they won the Europa League. Anyway, that that's definitely a different chat. But you know, <laughs> we've been there four European Cups in nine years. Anyway, so that's, so that's another that... time and, and, and another room. I think I think we'll split that up and we'll we'll have another we'll have another Euro fact. Um, mm. England has suffered tournament-ending losses in both the team's previous Euro encounters. Uh, Marco Tardelli's late goal earned the Azuri host won the win in the 80-1980 group stage, while Italy, as, as um, Reese was alluding to there, won on penalties. Uh, Andrea Pirlo's Panjeka in the 2012 uh, final. So, yeah, mm. um, even though you want to forget the, uh, the uh, Spanish... Massacre of, uh, I of forgot. Italy. I forgot. It was, I forgot it was the final. I, f- I thought it was the semi. See, that's how like, nine years has went. Nine years has yes. went that much. Like it says yeah. it all, really. And we're we're still living from like fifty-five years in the nineteen sixty-six World Cup final. I mean, talking now. Let's let's look at what Gareth might do. And, and and Craig sort of alluded there that he would bring Henderson back in. Would you make any changes, or would you say if it's not broken, don't fix it? Uh, Reese, sorry. Um, coming from, from from an opposite perspective from the spectrum. Yeah. You know what? I actually agree. I think going with a more experienced option in a final is actually, I think it's smarter than just going with the young bucks. Because I was, he mentioned, Craig mentioned spectacularly, and I, I hold it credit because it's something that my club's all-time favorite, greatest manager did very well. So that, you manage the game with your best players and you use the experience of big games 
And I think going with Henderson might actually be the smarter option because, yes, you're playing the occasion, but this isn't just any ordinary occasion. This is a big final, and you really want, if you want to win this, it's better to be smart than be naive. Yeah. So I I think it would be smarter to go with Henderson. The question is, though, how long do you play him for? And you because... don't, if he goes to penalties, you get Henderson off sharpish. <laughs> nah, keep him on. Let him go first. <laughs> or, 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 you know, and thankfully, you know, we haven't got De Gea on the subs bench, so he can't come on to do penalties. But, That's true. But Craig, I mean, it's not often you, you get a Scotsman to agree with you, but Craig, <laughs> you, you, you've you got to say it would be totally, un, a bit un, well, not a bit, totally unfair, like I say, on Phillips or, or, or anybody to be dropped at this point. It takes a big manager to do that. I mean, and some managers, like we've, we've seen, you know, they will pick the players because of the fact of their name or the club they played for. I can remember Hoddle dropping Gascoigne for a World Cup uh, and him having the balls <laughs> to do that. I, I can imagine Southgate. I can't see him having a problem with it, though. I think if he needs to change it, and we saw that, like you said earlier, with the Grealish um, substitute, double substitution. Yeah, I've, I've got a sneaky feeling he won't do it on this occasion because, mm. to be honest, it's difficult to know which one of them that you would replace. For me, it would be... It would be Rice. I think he's probably had the least effective uh, uh, game, uh, tournament out of the two. And I think he's the one who seems to be held back a little bit. Um, so I would go with him. But I'm, I'm not sure he would. But I think, as, as Reese said there, you, you know, it's a game. It's one game. You, you, mm. you can argue about everything else at the end of it and, you know, give him a pat on the back and say sorry for this one. But I, I'm sure, you know... Rice coming off the bench late on and then ending up with a winner's medal would be a lot happier than Rice playing from the start and having a loser's medal. That's what it comes down to. You've got to say yeah. what is the best team to win this one game. You haven't got any more games to come, so you can't rest players or whatever. It's one game, it's 90 minutes. And for me, I think Italy will come at us quite early on. And I think that's when we need to get into the later stages of the game and then make changes. So... For me, I think he just brings that experience and, and can settle the players down quite early on because I think those first 15, 20 minutes are good, could be quite difficult for us. Mm. Ankit, we've played all but one game at Wembley. Um, yeah. And people, are, you know, a lot, a lot of opposition fans are saying, like, it's unfair, it shouldn't be happening. I mean, what, what they say when it's, you know, four years or three years' time when it's held in Germany and we go back to the normal way of having the tournament in one country, what's the, you know, what is the difference? But, I mean, the Spanish referees, being, uh, sorry, the Spanish manager and uh, I think the Italian one as well have both been coming out and moaning, saying that, you know, it, it's UEFA's favouritism for us. And in the Spanish, the Spanish manager even going as far as saying like we shouldn't be hosting it because we, we we did we had Brexit. Yeah, I think I can understand from where you know they are coming from, but the fact is like in this COVID you know pandemic world that we are all in, you know, no one really knows what really goes on as much as you know there, there must be a lot of you know planning and why they do certain things in 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 the management, right? But having said that, like it could have backfired as well, right? As an imagine England losing as always the first 
couple of you know matches in tournament and it could all go wrong like you know it's easy to say that when england is in the final that it's been easier but actually don't forget like these players are also at the end of the day, they are young people right they are playing in front of thousands of fans after a year they haven't played in in front of fans for so long like for them to be playing in front of fans trust me there's a lot of pressure especially when you are an english player it's it's not easy and we all know how you know the english fans are great behind you but when it goes bad you know the booing is something which is part and parcel of the game right so for sure i think it's a double edged sword and i think england have played it well and kudos to them but i can hear like definitely you know if i was an opposition manager or like an opposition fan even i would be saying that hey this is you know definitely partiality there's bias there but we've got to live in this world that we are in and you know uh, not every host wins every tournament so we've got to give england there as well yeah i mean reese scotland fans the great the, i mean you know the noise at, at hamden when when you play there it is um, it is amazing but we know before this game that you know we're going to have we won't we've got the dj there we're going to have you know um sweet caroline we are going to have atomic kitten we're going to have uh you know three lions i mean we did before euro 96 you know they could they were doing sweet caroline and the players could hear it harry kane was you know could could hear them singing it is it going to help them or is i mean i'm not singing it so it's one might not put them off that much but um although they don't they did offer me the gig but you know i'm not i can't travel at the moment but um it, it, will it be a good thing or a bad thing do you think reese Hmm. Um. Not always, and I think the only reason I can say that is because it depends on the situation. Because obviously this is a final, and obviously you adapt. You've got to adapt to the situation. I think the only thing I can see why opposition managers have been a bit concerned because England have played there. There's been more England fans than there has been opposition fans present. I mean, what was it? Fifty-five thousand English fans at Wembley. Like compared to what five thousand Denmark fans compared but to would this, would you not Sunday? get that? Would you not get that if we were hosting the whole tournament as Germany? Oh, it'd be will more be. balanced. It'd be more balanced out. Of, like, it'd be more mm. balanced out like if it had been a non-COVID situation. I still think there should have been maybe a bit more of a, an increased capacity to other fans, but that's just my point of view. I, I think it's a bit unfair that like Denmark had what seven thousand fans being completely. Obviously, they're going to get outnumbered anyway by English fans, doesn't matter where they are, but to a degree, you would still offer more because there's going to be, what, 9,000 Italian fans and then you're mm. going to have 9,000 English fans, but we all know, really, it's going to be, <laughs> what, 50, 58,000 English fans. Some of them will probably be told to wear an Italy shirt or whatever, but they'll be, they'll be, secretly, rip, they'll be secretly ripping them off for an English shirt just to say, well, actually, we're all here present anyway, so... Controversial, it, controversial. I, st I still think it'd be a bit. To be fair, who really cares in terms of like, does a song affect them? Frankly, if you're not motivated in any way to play in a I final, you should be there I'm, in the first place. Yeah, I'm thinking of like the atmosphere that it would it I would that, generate. I think, the atmosphere, yeah. I think based on the games they've played so far, what played in Rome, they played in Rome, yeah. they played at Wembley six times. And they've played with fans, they've played without fans. If they're not used to the situation, then they may as well just not bother playing in the first place. Yes, yeah. Last fact, and then we're going to have a couple of quick questions. Um, Italy never lost to England at a major finals. 
uh, 2-1 World Cup victories in 1990, which is the third-place playoff I, I mentioned earlier, and the mm -hmm. 2014 group stage in the World Cup on top of the Euro, uh, Euro triumph. So, yeah, yeah you know, it, 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 it's our turn, lads. Come on, it's our turn. <laughs> but what I'm going to ask you now, going to go round Robin for the first question and do the same for the second one. Obviously, the second one will be a score prediction. The first one, starting with you, Craig, will be... Um, your England player of the tournament so far? Um, part of, he hasn't played everything. Part of me would like to give it to Harry Maguire because I think he's made such a difference since he's come back into the team. I wasn't sure, to be honest, and but you can see why Gareth gave him the opportunity of getting fit. I think he's made a real difference. But the, the biggest surprise of everyone to me has been uh, Raheem Sterling. I, he wouldn't have been in my team. And... Yeah. I think he's probably the only player who's actually taken the game to the opposition. Again, you look at the stats. Um, for players dribbled past, he's the number one in the tournament. So he's the one who takes the, the, the game to the opposition. And I think with those ageing centre-halves, that could be uh, critical. So for me, I think Raheem Sterling. Anki? Yeah, I, I was going with Raheem Sterling simply the fact that he's played every game and he started off slowly to be honest but he's got the goal that most important goal that probably got through the group stages for them, right? As in, you cannot undermine that at all. So overall, yes and, and, and the so-called penalty that he won uh, in the semis uh, at the end of the day, like his dribbles were there and that's the reason why the referee got conned if he did. Yeah. So I think you've got to give it to Raheem Sterling for sure but a shout out for Bukayo Saka. I think if Saka had probably played the first couple of games fully, I, I would have gone for Saka. Uh, the fact that it's keeping Foden out in itself, I think after the season he's had, uh, definitely uh, deserves a shout out. And I have to say, you know, he was side down. It was a dangerous tackle. It, <laughs> it was a penalty all day. Um, Reese. It's always going to be hard for you being a, a, a. I just wonder what other countries you're going to Calvin sort of have Phillips. a link with. To be honest with you, you haven't got any North Macedonia in you, have you? I'm not like Brad. <laughs> uh, no. So who would your um, who would your player of the tournament be? Um, just for England because I have oh, from England. In Sorry, yeah, you're English player of the tournament. To be honest, I'm going to say Calvin Phillips. All right. I'll be honest with you. I think he's been an absolute wrecking machine. I think he's done exactly what he needs to do, and he's he's been extremely effective. And he's when he needs to be like he's done his job. I I, I know the usual suspects like Shaw, Maguire, Sterling, not Kane, not in the slightest. Not not even going to give him a notion. But I would hundred percent give it to Calvin Phillips. To be honest, mm. I think I think there's just so many players have impressed that we weren't expecting to impress. You know, Maguire. Yeah, he's come really well. Uh, Shaw. I I'm I've been really totally impressed with Shaw. I've probably got to give it to to to, to Sterling as well because I've been his biggest critic in an England shirt. And yes, he has, you know, when he, when he's not being sort of attacked by the opposition defenders, um, I think he plays, he's, he's really made me eat my words. But uh, finally, and I'm going to dread getting to Reese with this one, but um, <laughs> first of all, I might, I might just lose connection at that time or mute you. 
But let, let's start. Let's start with Craig. Let's go because he, he, he knows about the, our score predictions every week. Let's have one for this game, Craig. Um, I think it's going to be really tough. I think there's going to be periods of this game that Italy overrun us, but I've got this sneaky feeling that we're going to come through it and we're going to win one nil. One nil. Oh, I don't think my heart could uh, could stand that. Uh, Ankit? Yes, I see definitely England conceding again. Uh, so Italy will score one, but England will get that one back. And I actually noticed Mount, you know, really becoming sharper uh, more recently in the semis. So I am predicting Mount to score. So one all. And believe it or not, I'm going for England to win on penalties. So, <gasps> God, that's worse than the one nil, Anki. What you're trying to do? Just kill me off. I've got a, I've got a dodgy ticky, you know. Here. Don't worry, we've got the team there. They, they, they are more, much more experienced than the yester years. Hopefully, like I'm just going with it. Oh God, England on penalties. Don't do this to me, <laughs> Reese. I mean, whatever Reese says now, it can't be as bad as that. <laughs> I'm go going. On, go I'm gonna go. It finishes 2-2 after extra time, and I think Italy are going to edge it on penalties. Oh, not penalties again! Oh, I think I think Italy are going to I think Italy are going to go like I think it's good. I think Italy are going to take the game too. I think they're the most balanced team in the tournament. I yeah. think they'll I think they'll dominate the early stages when they'll score, and then after mm -hmm. that they'll score playing route one football. But I think I think they're going to edge it on penalties. I, I really don't. I really don't want to see Jorginho taking the last penalty, <laughs> a little skip and rolling it, trickling it over the line. I really mm. don't want to see that. No, no, not at all. Well, I think actually, either, they were saying one that... thing is though, either team can win this. It's 50-50. Mm. Mm. Contrary to what it some is, people it... believe, I wouldn't. I, I wouldn't even be putting any the, any the of Chris's money deserves. on it. Well, I. The two most popular predictions, allegedly, are 1-0 to England. And obviously, this is from the English press. So, we're going to say this. And 2-1 to England. I'm a bit like Anki. I can see us conceding, uh, probably from a free kick. Uh, but I think... And I want, but I think we will we will win it. I'm sorry, 2-1. I think this will be the game where you finally can see from open play. Insignia yeah. and Raheem Sterling play the exact same way, getting behind the defenders, use their pace, dribbling, trickery. Yeah. I think it'll be Insignia that puts the ball past you in the first 20 minutes. Well, we've proved, haven't we, that, you know, we went 1-0 we went down to, to the Danes and, and we, we overcame that hurdle. My worry mm. is that I had Italy. And this is the final that I didn't want because I had Italy down as my dark horses. From, from from the get go, so this is the final I really really didn't want. But uh, that said, if it wasn't them, it would have been uh, Spain or France possibly. So you know, who mm. knows? Guys, thank you so much for coming on. Um, and and I, I've got to just I'll, I'll leave you with this before I let you go. But we just go North Macedonia are going to win it. Get your bets on. You heard it here first. North Macedonia are going to wipe the floor of the tournament. Shock of the Decade, shock of the century, you name it. You thought 5,000 to 1 was good odds. Well, listen to it. Get your bets in. North Macedonia to not just get out of the group, but they're going to win it. North Macedonia, come on. What are you? Some kind of doomsday machine, boy. 
He's not here. He's on holiday. So, but he, he's he's here in spirit. <laughs> he's not. Uh, yeah, I, I, really, I really hope he's gone out and put a bet on Italy because with his. <laughs> As you can see from the, the standard, he wasn't having the best of nights all around that night with his connectivity. But uh, I don't know what I, I don't know what was going through his head for that. But that's genius. I kind of I kind of encouraged him at the end because he he'd said it earlier on, and I I, I gave him a, a, the, the the studio at the end to say, "Go on, go on a rant, mate. Go on a rant," because. It was, it was him and Scott, and they wanted North Macedonia to qualify out the group when we were doing our Euro predictions at the start, and it just became a, a standing joke. But I would never let you forget it. Then you would want to get out of the group, eh? Like, first time at a major tournament, you want... You, this was the want... thing. Yes, yeah. yeah. This was the thing. But, um, yeah, I, I, I say, I'm not going to let him forget that. Reese, thanks very much for coming on. And I'm sorry that, that on our side it was the two games that you didn't want to see. But um, <laughs> in, in, all respect, though, if you are, in all respect, though, if you are previewing a final, you have to show the route to the final. You've got to show who you've beaten. So, yes. and that, that's yeah. how it is. Yeah. And you would have got Italy had I remembered to load the uh, the right graphic. And I've loaded the other graphic twice. But uh, Reese, again, just give a quick shout out for your, your Twitch and your uh, your Twitter. And thanks very much. Yeah. yeah, well, thanks very much for having me on, boys. Uh, I do appreciate it. Do hit the subscribe button, guys. It's a channel worth worth watching. Hit that hit notifications bell as well. For myself, if you're if you're into Twitch gaming, it's Reese underscore Lightning nineteen ninety seven. You can follow me exclusively on Twitter as well at R seven United, which is also like which a UM one T three D. You can find me at the Dugout Football Channel on a Monday night. It's an exclusive World of Football podcast. I am one of the co-hosts. You can find me there. And you can also find me on the weekly Armchair Sports Talk. I will be hosting two shows, not one. I should have said there earlier on, I'm hosting two shows. My first pod is next week, which I'm absolutely buzzing for. But all in all, football's They're where it's They're throwing you in at the deep end, aren't they? They're throwing you in at the deep end. <laughs> it's, it's you, stuff I like, and it's not going to stop me. I, I, I tell you what, mate, passion. you're going to be great at. You're going to be great at it, and you will kill it. I'll tell you. So, but thank you. But I good luck that. with that, mate. Good luck. Uh, I'm sure we'll come on and give you some banter. <laughs> <laughs> that's Take if care, you win. Mate. That's if you win on Sunday. <laughs> yeah, if we don't win on Sunday, you won't see me for a week. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Thanks for having me, boys. I do Thanks appreciate lot, it. Take care, mate. Stay Cheers. safe. Cheers. And Kit, oh, I know Chelsea fan, but thanks for coming on and uh, and uh, supporting the channel again. Give a shout out to your uh, to your channels. Sure, mate. Thanks a lot. Um, yeah, firstly, like Chris, great guy. Craig, always you know, great to be with and great to listen to. Uh, first and foremost, I am found in the chat of Leicester Till I Die TV because I love the channel. So for anyone out there, definitely that's one place that you can find me because you've got to subscribe to this channel. But yes, uh, my content as Chris uh, related to, I definitely cover a lot of Chelsea content, but I am covering a lot of other content as well recently on football. So you can find me as RCBN Chelsea Fan TV. RCB is a cricket franchise. So yes, uh, once in a while for cricket lovers out there, I do have some content as well. So RCBN Chelsea Fan TV on YouTube as well as on Instagram, on Twitter as well as Facebook. I'm available as Ankit Rana. That's my name. Thank you. Brilliant. Thank you very much. Cricket, 
<laughs> we're worse at that than we are at football <laughs> and kit mate stay safe as always come on england let's enjoy the game on sunday and uh we'll speak we'll speak soon take care bud stay safe yes. and it leaves the two handsome ones and we'll be right <laughs> back after this it's the euros 2020 with chris and lester till i die tv I've got to say happy happy birthday to Doug. I mean, he's he's been out on a birthday meal with his uh, with his girlfriend, and he still comes into the Leicester till I die chat. That's what we. And he's not even a Leicester not fan. Good. Not even a Leicester fan. I hope you had a good one, Doug. And uh, it's your birthday today, so um, uh, <laughs> careful how I say this. I hope you get what you wish for. Um, yeah, let's move on. But happy birthday, mate, Greg. We're going to do it, aren't we? I've got a sneaky feeling, you know, after all of this and uh, all my criticism of Gareth and uh, not just me, let's, just, let's add that, um, that he seems to have found a way. I, I don't think it will be easy watching by any means. Um, it'll be edge of the seat or behind the cushion, but um, I've just got a feeling that we're somehow we're going to do it. You know, I always say that I find it harder to watch football at home on the telly than mm. I do when I'm at the ground. Yeah, you know the ground. You can't go anywhere. You know you're stuck between you know other fans. You know in the middle. But at home, you get up, and I always say, I always joke, say like, you know, I've I've got to, uh, I've got to go and, and buy a dog because I need to take the dog for a walk. And normally, it's the last five minutes of the match for Denmark. Mm. It was the last five minutes of the match and the whole of the extra time. And when it came to the penalty, and you got. Whoever was doing the ITV commentary, Sam Matterface, was he saying, like, uh, whatever you do, don't look through your fingers, don't turn away from the screen. And I'm going, you're joking, I'm in the bloody toilet, I'm not even <laughs> watching it, I'm just listening to it. Um, you know, that's what it's like, it's football, isn't it? I mean, it's it uh, you know, whether it's England or whether it's Leicester, you know, every game grabs you and, and gets you in, in one way or another, and that's why it we is. love the game, though. It's it why is. we love the game. Anything can happen. It is. I mean, you know, at the end of the day, this is England. And being Leicester fans, we know, don't we, what it's like. We, you know, we were the, one of the biggest tubs that was for shooting itself in the foot, you know, we, at Leicester. And, you know, England have promised so much over the years. But I don't think it will be... I mean, if we lose it, I don't think it will be the end of the world for us. Um, I don't think it will be the end of the world you know, it's like anything, or you know, when you get in a semi-final or a quarter-final, semi-final, all, you, all you're thinking of, wouldn't it be great to get to the final? When you're in the final, you want to win the final. Of course you, don't you want, do. Of course you, know, you do. I think, I think it would hurt. I think it depends how we play. If we play yeah. well beaten by a better team, I think you can, you can take that. You know, if we sit defensively and we just get overrun and, and get beaten badly, then... You know, not so good. But uh, at the end of it, they've got us somewhere that we've not been for 55 years. So, uh, well, this is it. Just and, enjoy it. You know, you as I said before on, when we were talking about Southgate, you know, we've got, we've had, you know, in the last three tournaments, this one included, we've been in three semifinals. Mm. You know, we're now in a final. We've come fourth, we've come third, we've come, we've come at least second. You know, this is the 
the I mean, we, we didn't even do this good under um, Sir Alf Ramsey, did we? No, and I think the encouraging thing, I was talking earlier today, the encouraging thing is, look at the average age of this squad. You know, this isn't a squad that's just going to fall to pieces after this game, whether we win it or whether we lose it. This is a squad that's going to be together for, for a few years. Yeah. Look at the players that didn't even make it. Harvey Barnes, Madison for two from us. James Justin yeah, would have been yeah. very close. Yeah. Um, Trent Alexander, you know, got injured. He's not made it. Wan-Bissaka, probably the best one-on-one -on -one defender, didn't make the mm. squad. He's all young players as well. So there's a lot to be encouraged by for England going forward, regardless of what we do in this game. I'm sorry, I'm not laughing at that. I'm just laughing when you were going through there because I, I, there's a famous talk sports call where a, a fan rings up and says, like, why wasn't this guy playing, I think it was for Scotland, and it was because he was dangerous. Sorry? Antiniemi. That was it, yeah. yeah. He he's was finished. finished. He's going, yeah. What do you mean he's finished? He's still playing. And it was exactly. like, <laughs> classic. But, yeah, I mean, just very quickly, looking at Alf Ramsey, I mean, 64 European nations, which they had back in the day then, failed to qualify. 66, World Cup. Euro 68, third place. 70 World Cup quarterfinals. Euro 72, failed to qualify. 74 World Cup, failed to qualify. So, technically speaking, I could say Southgate, to, I mean, obviously, you know, he's not quite as many tournaments, but this... I just, I, it's a good time to be an England fan. It is. Again, I was talking recently, you know, I, I felt cheated uh, as a kid because when you're getting excited by football, I was 10 and 14 when we didn't qualify for two World Cups back to back in uh, 74 and 78. We didn't even qualify for the World Cups. So I felt cheated. You know, young kids today or or uh, fans who have started following football since we won the league, yeah. um, you know, are enjoying this. You know, all they've seen so far is is England getting close to things. You know, yes. we, we, yeah. we've not had the, not even the heroic failures. We just had some failures. Yes. But we've been slowly improving. The, the mm. team has bonded better. Young players are coming in. As I say, we, we won't have a better chance. You yeah. know, we're at home. In a final, we're not I mean, going to get sense. I didn't realize, but um, looking at that, I mean, under our family, Euro 72 failed to qualify, 74 World Cup failed to qualify, Euro 76 failed to qualify. That was Don Revy, 78 World Cup, like you've just said, failed to qualify. That was Ron Greenwood. Yeah. I mean, that was four tournaments in a row that we my childhood Chris I'm, I'm trying to get over it <laughs> no, I've got my therapist says it's good to talk about these things get yeah. it off your chest so you know big up Southgate big up the team to my mind yes I want us to win I think we'll win I've gone for the 2-1 but even like I say if we lose it I think we're still going to be proud of the lads yeah. but hmm. um Hang on there a minute, because I'm just going to play now something, because we've got something new and exciting coming up that starts next week, and uh, you're heavily involved in. So uh, we're just going, to, um, just going to tell everybody about this. Okay. It's the Big Fat Football Quiz with Lesser Till I Die TV. So you think you know your football? Well, let's see. 
Yes, I named it after myself, yeah. the big fat football quiz. I'm, I'm glad you clarified that, Chris. Yes. Oh no, no, no. I don't. I'm. Uh, I don't uh, d deny it. Like I say, it's all the humble pie I've been eating over over Aim Sterling. Um, looking forward to it. We, we, it's, it's basically a quiz we've got coming up, and um, obviously I'll be hosting it. But the the quiz master will be. Um, Eamon Andrews there, uh, Craig, and uh, I could have said Michael Barrymore, but I was being kind to you, and um, allegedly. Um, hey, well, to be honest, Chris, let me just stop you there. I'm a little worried that when you were thinking of Quizmasters, they are the two that sprung to mind. I'm desperately on the top of my head trying to think. I mean, Des O'Connor, he was a Quizmaster. Uh, Bruce Forsyth, I mean, he he was the master. He was the master. Oh, but you know, you've got uh, Nicholas Parsons. Uh, it's the quiz of the week, uh, and obviously mm -hmm. Chris Tarrant and uh, Jeremy Clarkson even more recently. So, uh, let's say I'm more of a Jeremy Clarkson. Uh, and if it goes well, hopefully I'll get enough money to buy a farm. I was thinking Larry Grayson and myself for you, but you yeah, you, you keep those thoughts to yourself. <laughs> and one you have to shut that door on the way out. <laughs> boom, boom. But yeah, so we're going to have we're going to start with a Leicester fan, and it's going to be next Thursday. Is it yeah next Thursday at uh, seven pm? And basically, we're going to be asking twenty questions, aren't we? We are. And uh, as you've uh, as you've done, it's going to be a bit like the uh, the Top Gear leaderboard that we'll see as uh, as fans. We start with a Leicester fan, but then we're going to go through fans of uh, other teams, testing them on their knowledge of their own club, a little bit of um, general football knowledge, and then the Piesta resistance, see how much they know about dear old Leicester City. Yeah. So Reese says there he loves the quiz. Well, Reese, let me know. Do you want to represent Manchester United? It's 10 questions on your home team, which are worth a point. There's um, five questions on the Premier League which I believe is worth three points. Is that yep. right? And then five questions on Leicester City, which are worth five points as well. But the questions, you have assured me here, Craig, the questions will be based on the contestant's age. So for Reese there, who was a young spring chicken, we won't be asking you questions about Manchester United in the 1950s or... Or mention the unless, unless you know they are facts that any proper man well, yes, should know. Yes, you know. Of course, so, yeah. But no, I won't be asking him who scored the uh, the third goal in a four two victory away at Newcastle on a Wednesday night in nineteen fifty three. <laughs> we've suddenly he's suddenly gone quiet maybe he's left i don't know but he's not he's not volunteering is we so i'm not sure about that but uh but yeah so we're and we'll, we'll see we'll hopefully have seen maybe more than one from uh, each team but uh, yeah we'll hopefully start with leicester get them to the top for at least a week <laughs> <laughs> a bit like a bit like leicester under peter taylor we'll have an we'll have a break so that we stay top longer yes <laughs> just, the, just the one show a series of one yeah. <laughs> Of, you know, a bit like Sam Allardyce as England manager. Yeah. <laughs> Craig, thank you so much for coming on, mate. Uh, enjoy, enjoy the game as much as you can. I shall try, and uh, and you know, may the best team called England win. <laughs> exactly. And Reese has just volunteered to be the Man United fan. So well Thanks done, Reese. I'll contact me. you with a date. Uh, we start with a Leicester, we have a Burnley, we have a Tottenham, and now I've got a Man United. And um, we'll have an Arsenal, but they'll come in the bottom half. We know that straight away. <laughs> Enjoy the game wherever you're watching it from. Have a drink on me, mate. 
Thanks Cheers. a lot. And uh, next time we speak, let's hope we're European champions. Exactly. Thanks, everyone. Cheers, Chris. Cheers, mate. All the best. So thanks to uh, Craig for joining us. <sighs> God. At least there's one good news. There is one piece of good news about all this. The fact that it's over tomorrow, that I can actually now change my lucky underpants. <laughs> you know, it, it, four weeks, they actually get up and walk over to me in the morning now. Yeah, right. All right. <laughs> Enjoy it on Sunday. Come on, England. Southgate, football's coming home again. Sweet Caroline, all of that. We're going to win it, aren't we? Come on, England. See you on Monday night for the post-match show. Hello, Matt Elliott here. Be sure to watch Leicester Till I Die TV on YouTube and follow all their social media platforms for all the latest updates and news on Leicester City Football Club. Thanks for watching Leicester Till I Die. This is Chris saying goodbye and see you next time. suggestions or feedback head over right now to twitter and facebook and like share and get involved join us next time sports social podcast network it's the 90th minute all your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order delivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.